O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to Thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship Him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. And make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. Form the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him.
Rejoice ye with Jerusalem, and be glad with her, all ye that love her, that ye may nurse and be satisfied with the breasts of her consolations. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Rejoice ye with Jerusalem, and be glad with her, all ye that love her, that ye may nurse and be satisfied with the breasts of her consolations. The Old Testament lesson for Lyter is written in the 16th chapter of Exodus, beginning at the second verse. The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, We wish that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots, when we ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. It shall come to pass on the sixth day, that they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out from the land of Egypt. In the morning you shall see the Lord's glory, because he hears your murmurings against the Lord. Who are we that you murmur against us? Moses said, Now the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening, and in the morning bread to satisfy you, because the Lord hears your murmurings, which you murmur against him. And who are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Moses said to Aaron, Tell all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come close to the Lord, for he has heard your murmurings. As Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the Lord's glory appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At evening you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay around the camp. When the dew that lay had gone, behold, on the surface of the wilderness was a small round thing, small as the frost on the ground. When the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Gather of it everyone, according to his eating, and omer ahead, according to the number of your persons, you shall take it, every man for those who are in his tent. The children of Israel did so. 
and some gathered more, some less. When they measured it with an omer, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. They each gathered according to his eating. Moses said to them, Let no one leave of it until the morning. Notwithstanding, they didn't listen to Moses, but some of them left it until the morning, so it bred worms and became foul, and Moses was angry with them. They gathered it morning by morning, every one according to his eating. When the sun grew hot, it melted. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the fourth chapter of Galatians, beginning at the twenty-first verse. Brothers, tell me, you that desire to be under the law, don't you listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the servant and one by the free woman. However, the son by the servant was born according to the flesh, but the son by the free woman was born through promise. These things contain an allegory, for these are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children to bondage, which is Hagar. For this, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answers to the Jerusalem that exists now, for she is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, you barren who don't bear. Break out and shout, you who don't travail. For the desolate have more children than her who has a husband. Now we, brothers, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as then, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit. So also it is now. However, what does the Scripture say? Throw out the servant and her son, for the son of the servant will not inherit with the son of the free woman. So then, brothers, we are not children of a servant, but of the free woman. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people. From henceforth, even forever, peace shall be upon Israel. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the sixth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. After these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is also called the Sea of Tiberias. A great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs which he did on those who were sick. Jesus went up into the mountain, and he sat there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Jesus therefore, lifting up his eyes, and seeing that a great multitude was coming to him, said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread, that these may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may receive a little. One of his disciples, 
Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down, in number about five thousand. Jesus took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were sitting down, likewise also of the fish, as much as they desired. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the broken pieces which are left over, that nothing be lost. So they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with broken pieces from the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. When, therefore, the people saw the sign which Jesus did, they said, This is truly the prophet who comes into the world. Jesus, therefore, perceiving that they were about to come and to take him by force to make him king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, for he is gracious and merciful. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, for he is gracious and merciful. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Next week we'll come on what's We'll come upon what's called Passion Sunday, which kicks off a more intense part of Lent, where our focus will be entirely on our Lord's Passion. It'll begin next Sunday, you'll see the Fast of the Eyes, where we'll cover every image that is up here. And we'll begin a more intense Fast of the Ears, it's called, where the organist will play just for when you sing. It'll get more intense. You'll see signs of that. And that is why this week, we celebrate what's called Lighter. You'll see that in your bulletin, Lighter, which is actually Refreshment Sunday. A Sunday where the intensity of Lent is lifted a bit, where we take a reprieve from fasting, we take our focus off intense repentance, and we look a little bit forward to where this all leads to the grace of Easter. And as we celebrate this Refreshment Sunday, we prayed just a bit ago, Grant, we beseech you, Almighty God, that we who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished. That doesn't really sound much like refreshment, does it? And you may wonder, what at all does this prayer have to do with refreshment or the feeding of the 5,000 in our gospel? And to see, let's take a look, starting with verse 1 in our gospel lesson. It says, After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him, because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where, do we, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii would not be enough bread 
for each, would not buy enough bread for each of them to eat. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? The crowds see the healing signs of Jesus, so large multitudes of them follow Jesus across the Sea of Galilee. Now, mind you, this was near the time of the Passover. They really should be heading to Jerusalem. But as Jesus sits upon the mountain with his disciples, here they come to him, approaching the mountain. The large crowd comes to Jesus. But what do they come to him with? What do they bring to him? He's done all these miracles. What do they offer him? And from high up on the mountains, on the mountain, our Lord knows. He can see what they bring to him. They bring nothing. Nothing by way of food, nothing by way of money, nothing by way of fame. They have nothing. And it must be obvious that they have nothing because our Lord turns to Philip and asks him, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And you heard Philip's answer. Lots and lots of money wouldn't be enough to provide even for a little bit for each one to eat. Philip knows, Jesus knows, the crowd has nothing. They come with nothing to eat. They come with no money to buy food. They come without any foresight on what they'll do when they get hungry or even well that where they will stay when they get tired. And more than that, again, they come to Jesus with nothing. They offer him nothing. Jesus asked Philip where they can buy bread for the people to eat. But why is this Jesus' problem? These people followed him on their own. These people bring no gifts for him. These people are just interested because of the miracles. So why is this Jesus' problem to feed them? Why does he ask? To show that the crowds bring nothing to Jesus. Notice what the disciples find among the crowd for food. They find a boy, not a man, not a husband or father, not a family, not a head of a tribe, but they find a boy with a meager five barley loaves and two fish, which might be a good lunch for the boy. And the boy seems to be the only one with the wherewithal to actually bring food with him into the desert. But still, what he has is a meager offering compared to the need of 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Again, we prayed, Grant, we beseech you, Almighty God, that we who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished. What we're praying, what we're saying as we pray that, is that we are confessing that we are like this crowd. We come to our Lord with nothing. No good work which can save us. No merit which can earn our own righteousness. No food that can truly give us life. Instead, we approach this altar and come to Christ only with dirty rags. Our sins, our evil deeds, and thought, word, and deed, deserving only to be punished. Just as, this, just as this crowd deserved to suffer and starve and die at this mountain, so we also deserve to starve spiritually, suffer and die for our sins. And that's been our focus during Lent, the intense focus on our sins and the strong emphasis on our need to repent that's why we fast. That's why we pray to confess all of this physically and in prayer as well. We, like the crowd, we come to Jesus with nothing. We deserve nothing. 
That's what we're praying. And that is exactly why Jesus asked Philip, knowing full well what he's about to do. He doesn't need Philip to answer this question for him. He's testing Philip. But he asked him how they will feed all these people. And that is exactly why Jesus accepts this meager offering from this small boy. Notice how we ended our prayer. We who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished by the comfort of your grace may be mercifully relieved. That we who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished may by the comfort of your grace be mercifully relieved. We should really say there refreshed. That's the Latin word. May be mercifully refreshed. We pray this because we know who our Lord is. And he shows us who he is in what he does. In verse 10, Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. Notice that, nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. Do you see what our Lord does for those who come to him with nothing? He gives his grace. He takes the meager offerings from the boy and gives grace. That is, he gives thanks to the Father for what the Father has provided. Then our Lord gives of himself to the crowd. He performs perhaps what is the largest miracle on record during his ministry on earth. All four gospel writers felt it was so important that they all mention it. Our Lord breaks the bread, hands it to his disciples, and they hand it to the people. And our Lord, with the flesh of the fish, as well as the bread, keeps breaking and breaking and breaking, and the disciples keep giving and giving and giving. So that 5,000 men, with women and children, which are probably well over 20,000 people, if not 30,000 people, all of them ate. And not just a little. They ate until they were satisfied, full, and happy. So much so that those five loaves and two fish, from that they collected 12 baskets full of fragments, not losing a thing. Our Lord saw the crowd coming to him with nothing, and in his grace from his person, he provided not just a little, but until their cups overflowed. That's why we prayed by the comfort of your grace, may we mercifully be refreshed. Because we know who our Lord is. He's the eternal spring who will do for those who come to him with nothing and confessing, confessing we are nothing. When we do that, we know, we know what he will do. He gives us his grace. Baptized, we approach this altar. And when we approach this altar, we approach another mountain, Golgotha. And there on this mount is our Lord hanging on the cross, surrounded by the gathering of his disciples. And from this mount, our Lord sees us when we come to him with nothing. That there is no amount of money that we have and no food which we can give that can satisfy us and give us life. 
And in our Lord's grace, this is what he does. He dies for our sin. He gives up the ghost. He has his side pierced. And as the water and blood pour out from his side, he pours out himself entirely for us, giving us his body to eat and shedding his blood for us to drink. In the waters of baptism, we may be baptized, and we are baptized there and given the ghost. And we're given a spot there in baptism to sit in the green pasture of his church. So that as we come with meager offerings of bread and wine, tithings and talents, he shows his grace. Here at the altar, he gives grace. He gives thanks for the... You'll hear it in a little bit during the service of the sacrament. Our Lord will give grace through his pastor. He'll give thanks for the Father for what he provided here in bread and wine. Then our Lord at this altar will give of himself, of the body and blood he sacrificed on the cross. And that's when he performs an incredible miracle. Our Lord, through his steward, blesses the bread, blesses the cup, and through his steward, hands it to his people. Whereas our Lord in the gospel handed out the bread and the flesh of fish, here at the altar, at this mount, our Lord gives out the bread, which is his flesh, and the cup, which is his blood. And though it may just be a wafer, and though it may just be a sip of wine, it's not a little But in that you receive the entire person of Christ which you receive, which satisfies the conscience, which fills your soul. So much so that from this one body which hung on the cross, from this one body, the entire church Catholic, the entire church from all times and places, eats and drinks and is satisfied. From this one body, every saint that has ever lived, that does live now and ever will live, all of them eat from this body. And from this eating, every saint will be collected and brought together in one basket of the church. He'll be brought together in one loaf of bread that is the one body of the church, the one body of Christ on the day of the resurrection where nothing, no saint will be lost. Church fathers have been known to say that as many grains make one loaf, so also on the last day will all the saints make one body in our Lord. That's what our Lord is showing us today. And our gospel today ends this way. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this indeed is the prophet who is to come into the world. And perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force and make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. The crowd saw they were refreshed bodily, physically. But they completely missed how our Lord refreshes us spiritually. They looked for the riches of the world in a bread king. Not the forgiveness of sins and salvation from the king on his cross. And in fact, if you read to the end of John 6, many of these disciples that are trying to make him king now will stop following him. They leave Jesus. Because later Jesus will say, most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. 
In other words, his flesh and blood give life. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. These crowds wanted a bread king. They didn't want the flesh and blood of the Son of God for eternal life. They thought that was scandalous. They were offended. They didn't want for the Christ to abide in them and them in him. So they left Christ. They stopped following him. And that's the warning to us today. On this Sunday of refreshment, let us heed this warning from the gospel. Let us not come to him only for mere earthly wealth. Instead, let us come to him in repentance, confessing we come with nothing. Let us bring to him the meager tithings of what we have, not to earn anything from him, but in thanks for his grace. Then let us watch, as he, then let us watch what he does with those meager offerings. Let us watch as he... Let us partake of the bread and wine that we put on the altar, which by his word he makes his body and blood. Let us watch what he does with our meager offerings in the plate and how he uses the little that we give to feed us, to satisfy us, to care for us, and to bring others into his church and up to his altar with us. Let us come, eat and drink, this morning together, let's be refreshed in his grace. Amen. When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us, in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness, and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. When Jesus lifted up his eyes, and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread, that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send them help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they watch for the morning. I say more than they watch for the morning. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Grant, we beseech you, Almighty God, that we, who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished, by the comfort of your grace may mercifully be relieved. Almighty and everlasting God, who hates nothing that you have created, and forgives the sins of all those who are penitent. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, 
through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in thy strength and abundance in thy towers. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all harm and danger. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. Amen.